once again, our title is uh, Faith in Christ. As we look at Galatians chapter 3, 3 in a whole, I know we're looking at Galatians chapter 3, verses 15 through 25. But as we look at Galatians chapter 3 in his, um, in, as a whole, we see in the beginning that he's talking to um, the Galatians and he's, he's telling them um, in the beginning, verse 3, he says, of uh, chapter 1, it says, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth, crucified among you. So here we see that this church is uh, they're trying to get they're trying to get them to to live by the law instead of living by faith. That's the best way I can explain it. But they, they want this church to not believe in the works of Christ, but they, they they're getting them to believe that is works plus Christ and not works in the fact that we have been saved by grace through faith and therefore we do the works. But in the fact of that, the law is added to what Christ has already done for us. Um, so that's where it starts right there. Um, and that's one of the things we need to know that in all of this is all kind of starting for the simple fact of they're trying to get this church, the Galatian church to live by the law instead of living by faith. And so we pick up in verse um, verse 15 of chapter three, where we pick up. In verse 15, it says, brethren, I speak after the manner of men, though it be man's covenant, yet if it be confirmed, no man disannul it or add it thereto. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He said not and two seeds as of many, but as of one and to thy seed, which is Christ. What we should be able to see right in here as we actually go through all of this is I like that. Um, Paul continues to take them back to the Old Testament, take them back and say, hey, look, this is where this started. And this is how long ago it it took place. He's talking to all of them and he's telling them, like, look, you need to understand this is the order and this is how God is ordering things in our lives. So he does take them back. But for us today, so we can get an understanding, we can go to Matthew chapter one and then we're going to go back all the way to the New Testament. But if you go to Matthew chapter one, y'all can turn there right now and I'll just kind of paraphrase in my mind. Um, I'll kind of paraphrase. But in Matthew chapter one, it doesn't say um, and God and at, and Adam had had Cain and Abel. It doesn't say that. Um, the promise started with who? Abraham. With Abraham. And it says in chapter one, it said, and Abraham begot Isaac. Yes, it said begot Isaac. So right there, that promise took place right there with Abraham. And Isaac, yes, is his child. But as we go down, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, we'll see who the true seed is. But right here in these um, first couple of verses, I have my points. I want to make sure that I say them. In verses 15 through 17, we can see that God keeps his promises. God kept his promise all the way from Abraham all the way down to when Christ came. God kept his promise. And as we go through verse, I read 15 and 16 and 17 says, And this I say, that the covenant that was confirmed before of God in Christ, the law which was 430 years after, cannot disannul that it should make the promises of none effect. 
if you go back and you look all the way, go back to Genesis and then go see if you find um, Moses back there in Genesis. Who showed up in Genesis? Was it Abraham first or was it Moses? Abraham. Abraham showed up first. And since Abraham showed up first, the promises of God showed up first with Abraham. And so, therefore, this is where Paul says um, in verse 17. And I say that the covenant that was confirmed before God in Christ, the law, before the law had even came. When did the when did the law come? 430 years in what book? Where did we see the law? Where, where did we see Exodus, Exodus 20. 20. We see that law in Exodus 20. Deuce, give me some laws because there are a whole bunch of laws, but give me some laws or commandments that you know. That should not kill, that should not steal, that should. Give me some more. Everybody. Could it all be? Bear false witness. What else? Have no other gods before me. Yeah. Yes. All of these different things are the law. But when God gave the promise, he told Abraham what? What what did not he told Abraham what? What did he tell Abraham? About his promise. He'll give him a son and your and so many that Father, many nations. I hear you back there. <laughs> yeah, innumerable. And the promise came before the law. And so what we need to see, number one, is that God keeps his promises. And only God can keep a promise like that. Only God can do it. In verses 15 through 17, we see that God keeps his promises. And that <clears throat> this is where the seed, which is Christ. Is taking place. The seed. This is the true seed. We are the offsprings or the seeds of Christ because of Abraham or the promise that was made to God. Um, I made from God to Abraham. Verse 18. For if the inheritance be of the law, it is no more of promise. But God gave it to Abraham by promise. Wherefore? Then serveth the law. It was added because of transgression to the seed should come to whom the promise was made. And it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. In verses 18 through 19, I have um, law was given to do two things. It was to reveal and to restrain. So law is to reveal how sinful we are and how we are inclined to sin. But it's also there to restrain us from continuing to sin. But this is where we go down. And I want to jump ahead of myself. This is why Christ is so important for us, because he's going to be the one where we're able to take on the life or accept the life that was that was uh, that Christ lived and take it on ourselves and be counted righteous because we can't be counted righteous any other way at all. So it's doing two things. Reveal one and two restrain from sin. If you if there was no stop sign and there's a four way street and people just kept driving and driving and having accident after accident after accident in your mind, you would say that I should stop and let someone else go. But there's no stop sign. So 
they, since there are no stop signs, we're just going to do what? Keep going. Keep going. And the selfishness in us is going to want to go before the other person goes, right? right. <laughs> but the law, once the stop, stop sign is planted in the ground on all four sides, sides the law does what for us? It restrains us. It stops us from running the stop sign and killing someone else. And so if it wasn't there, a lot of a lot of we would see what a lot of us truly are. We would see some people who are really selfish. They're like, you know what? I'm about to go. There's no way I'm going to let this car. We do it. We still do it. (laughs) It's a red light. If you like me, it's a red light. I know when I get ready to go to work. That as soon as that light turns yellow, I have about five seconds before it turns green, and I'm going to, if the car is in front of me, and go. Now, imagine me without those stop signs, and I see you coming this way, you coming that way, and most definitely, you're not going to come this way, because I'm going to make sure you're not able to come straight. I'm going to turn. What's inside of me is going to be revealed. So... <laughs> Thank God for the law because the law reveals what's inside of us and how much we need Christ. Yeah. How much we need Christ. Uh, I think I can't remember where I was, but I asked before I said, hey, um, I think I was doing Bible study or something. I said, how many of you ever thought about killing someone? Look at that. <laughs> Y'all raise your hand. <laughs> Amen. I, my hand is high. Right. There's something that goes on that that happened that took place with a the guy and, a, and the young the young girl. I'm pretty sure y'all seen that, and it angers me. And my wife was talking about the story. I said I, I can't listen to it yeah. because I can't guarantee that if I did see that man in the store or something that I wouldn't put my hands on him. I <laughs> I can't say that I wouldn't because there's this innate thing inside of us that. If someone does something wrong to us, we want to do something to them. But thank God for the law that restrains us, that keeps us from doing something to someone else, not knowing that (laughs) we need the grace ourselves, (laughs) that we deserve to be killed ourselves. (laughs) The law reveals and it restrains. Verses 18 19. Verse 20. Now a mediator is not a mediator of one, but God is one. Is then the law against the promises of God? God forbid. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. But the scripture has concluded, all are under sin, that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. The law also, in verses 20, going on down to 22, it exposes our need for a savior. It, it shows us that we need a savior. We need a savior. Yeah. When I, I like when when um, I, I I love the fact when people or not people when when you see someone getting ready to come to Christ because they've been through all of these different things in their lives. They suffered so many different things. And there's no way you can't tell this believer that there's not a need for Jesus. There's, you can't tell them at all. You know, you don't need Jesus. You can't tell them, no. There's someone, and this someone is Jesus who died for my sins. Yeah. You cannot tell them they don't need Christ. Right. 
if you say, hey, let's go, let's go back out to the club. They're like, no, I ain't going to the club because I know A, B, C, D is in the club and it has nothing for me. Right. If you tell them, hey, let's go, let's go out, let's go drink. No, I can't go out and drink because it did A, B, C, D to me. And then when they find out that Christ saves and he saves you from the sins which you committed against God and they find out all these different things that come with trusting in Christ, they they know that this is the only thing that can help them in their lives. And it exposes our need for a savior. If we ever, if you ever, if you ever uh, seen anyone drown in the, in the water, I, I, I love this this one because that it doesn't matter what they look like. If you black, if you white, no matter what you look like, the only thing you want to be is what? Saved. It's saved, right? <laughs> my, uh, my, my cousin, Preston, we were swimming um, in California, and he was drowning <laughs> in the water. We swimming next to him. We know he was drowning at first until we saw the bubbles. It's like, blah, 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 blah. you know, you see the bubbles coming up out of the water, and he's, like, fighting the water. Like, you know, he's fighting the water. Right. We're trying to fight sin, <laughs> fight sin, but we can't defeat it. Right. And Preston's still going under and under and under and under and under and under until we put our hands down and pull him up. And Christ, the Savior, put his hands on the cross, and we know he died for us. He saved us from our sins, and that's the only one who can get the job done that God wants to be done or that needed to be done. Let me pass sense. So, one, God keeps his his promises. Two, the law was given to reveal and to restrain from sin. Thirdly, the law exposes our need for the Savior in verses 23 through 25. But before faith, we were kept under the law, shut up unto faith which should afterward be revealed. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith is come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. <laughs> the law is now, <laughs> the law is just, it's in front and it's, in, it's behind. I put it that way. It's in front of us. We see it. We know we shouldn't run the stop stoplight. That we should stop there before we keep going. We know that we shouldn't steal when we go in the store. We know that we shouldn't kill anyone. But if that law no longer controls us in the way that it controls those who don't believe in God, don't believe in Christ, it doesn't. We, if y'all know the story of me stealing out of the store, um, I said it. Plenty of times that I <laughs> stole out of the store. I got caught. <laughs> um, the man said, if you come back in the store again, you're going to go to jail. End up coming back with my mom later on that day. I didn't want to get out the car because I had to go into jail in my mind. And I thought the manager would see me. So <laughs> so I waited in the car. And my mom says, like any other mother, happy Mother's Day to everyone. <laughs> um, you better get your behind out this car before I tear you up. And you know what I did? I got out. I ducked. You can see all the cameras. I'm ducking the cameras. Hiding behind the aisles. <laughs> trying to make sure that the, <laughs> the manager doesn't see me so that I will go to jail. But you can put me in the store now and I'm not going to go in and take anything. Not because, <laughs> not because I'm like, oh, I'm just better than now. No, I know 
that God has Christ has saved me. And there's no need for me to do that. I have brothers in the church. Amen. I can ask. <laughs> I have sisters in the church. I can ask. God provides. I know that he provides my needs. And the law is no longer a schoolmaster. It's not beating me over the head. It's not dragging me out the down the aisles of the hall. Like my, my dad would come to the school, beat up behind. It's not doing any of that no more. I do exactly what needs to be done. But this only takes place because of our faith in Christ. We have been saved. Christ has saved us. And since he has saved us, we want to please him. And we want to please him because he pleased God. We don't do it perfectly. We don't do it perfectly. Let me let me be clear to state that we are not perfect. We don't do it perfectly, but we trust in the perfect works of Christ. So the law is no longer our schoolmaster, but it is still over us. But we have our faith in Christ, which directs us and guides us to live the way that he wants us to live. Going back and just closing out that. Point one was God keeps his promises that God made a promise to Abraham way before the law came and the law does not. It does not. In this chapter, it says disannul. It does not make God's promises void. God is the only one who can make his promise and keep his promise from generation to generation to generation to generation. His promise is still flowing. We are a part of that promise. So God keeps God keeps his promise. Secondly, the law was given to reveal and to restrain. It tells us what we what we should not do. And it tells us how sinful we are. But it also helps us to restrain ourselves from sinning against God. Or if I'm not saved, I'm I'm still not sinning against God, but sinning against my fellow man or hurting my harming my fellow man. It reveals and it restrains. Thirdly, the law exposes a need for a savior. The law should show us that we're so sinful that that there's no way that we can beat this 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 sin nature that we need someone that can save us. And the only savior is Jesus Christ, because he has the, he has he is the one who lived the perfect life. He perfected it. He lived it all the way from the day he was born to the day he died. And he rose and he rose from the grave and he's going to come back for us. And that is the only one that we should put our trust in. And since we put our trust in him, we are no longer governed by the we're governed by the law, but we're no longer under the pressure of the law because we live by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you.